Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. now are we uh, coming through <laughs> i can hear you fine eddie okay good all right our introduction there uh, before we even uh, started that uh, and i'm broadcasting live from cpac texas i'm here on the floor you're going to hear lots of noises everybody is setting up i wanted to get here through that we were all ready to go you can see wmal larry o'connor uh is going to be broadcast. i don't know if anybody remembers larry but he used to be on the radio station on Dennis Miller. He used to fill in for him quite a bit uh, back in the day. That's when I started the radio station about. And don't forget, folks, you can chat us uh, directly on... I was telling Larry about all the stuff that we're doing. Amazon, Fire, Apple TVs, like that. that's really heady stuff. That's good stuff. And I said, well, you know what? We're running into a couple of New Mexicans uh, here as well. And I know D.D. Muska is looking for stuff being thrown in behind i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little tour here so you guys can see here of people conservatives everybody uh here is uh, three to four seconds is that about right d-dad must okay yeah the little 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 glitch there yeah okay i'll let you go ahead and uh, take it from here uh, i'll set in and then i'll uh we would have a pretty, pretty good connection which you know i had uh no problem checking in, so I'll check it from here to kick off the show. Oh, folks! Uh, nice. Uh, thanks for joining us. We, 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 Eddie's restarting his his connection, and uh, as, I, as as he was saying, we're losing him every uh, couple of seconds. Uh, thanks for tuning in to 1600 AM Albuquerque Z Rock of Talk. Of course, listen to us worldwide at rockoftalk.com, and of course, check out uh, all of our work and become a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with Demi Lovato. I know we're all very concerned about Demi Lovato. She has uh, come forward, and she's now explaining why she's adopted she, her pronouns again. Uh, this is the exact quote. Uh, for me, it's just about like feeling human at your core. That's our that's our Demi Lovato update for the day. Uh, it is Wednesday. It is 4.08 uh, Mountain Time in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mr. Aragon is in Texas at CPAC. And let me tell you, that lineup, I was looking online at that lineup. I mean, Eddie, Eddie is going to be uh, around some very big names over the next couple of days. And I think it probably doesn't get much bigger uh, than Donald Trump, but uh, Eddie is live in, I believe it's not Austin. It's not San Antonio. It's the big D. We don't have audio with Eddie, but oh, oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. 
still back and forth a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Still, uh, still connecting with our our, our host. Uh, today's show is going to be kind of all over the map. We're going to hear from Eddie if we can reestablish contact with him. Of course, um, it is uh, the middle of the week. I've got a piece out at RockOfTalk.chat looking at our tax break this weekend. Who could be opposed to a tax break? Well, I could be opposed to a tax break because it's a stupid tax break. Uh, and we got every, we got a million other things. We got Nancy Pelosi in, in Taiwan. We got gas prices. We got the six o'clock data dump, uh, some economic data coming out on that. And uh, more uh, more silliness from, from the great state of Texas, where Mr. Aragon is logging back in right now, even as I speak, I believe. Or not. <laughs> uh, again, Eddie. Eddie is in uh, at CPAC. Uh, the the lineup is unbelievable, folks. Let me let me yeah let me access online. Uh, it's Texas CPAC. I don't know that CPAC's ever been in Texas before. I'm an old timer. I used to go to CPAC in uh, in Washington D.C. when it was in Washington D.C. about a million years ago. Uh, even used to work the table at uh, at uh, at the Media Research Center's table, and people come by and talk to us about how many people they hated in the media, like Sam Donaldson, New Mexico's own Sam Donaldson. Uh, well, the lineup doesn't get any bigger than uh, you know who, the biggest of big dogs, Donald Trump, the Donald. The Donald apparently is going to be there and some really big names, people, uh, you know, congressmen, senators, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, I think uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is actually going to be there. I'm looking at the speakers list right now and not surprisingly, right at the tippy top is Donald J. Trump, who could have who could have guessed that? Uh, Jim Jordan, Ted Cruz, Glenn Beck. Mr. Beck has finally left his uh, his ranch in Idaho. Come come down to Texas. Uh, Greg Abbott, of course, is the governor of Texas. Steve Bannon, someone I have more than a few disagreements with, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, as I said, uh, Glenn Beck, our next door uh, neighbor in Arizona, Representative Andy Biggs, Representative Lauren Boebert, of course, uh, up from Co uh, Colorado, uh, up in Colorado. Uh, Ken Buck, of course, he's from Colorado as well, et cetera, et cetera. Ben Carson, uh, the uh, the pediatric uh, neurosurgeon, Ben Carson, who uh, kind of a smart guy, pretty 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 smart guy. Uh, Sarah Carter, uh, Sarah Carter Show podcast. Eddie's a big fan of Sarah Carter. He's always sending me stuff uh, from Sarah Carter. Uh, Ted Cruz, I guess we already said that. Let's see. Ben Klein, Representative Ben Klein, Representative Byron Donalds, uh, Tudor Dixon, recently nominated, I think it was yesterday, Michigan uh, gubernatorial candidate, Republican gubernatorial candidate running against maybe a woman, could you say? Gretchen Whitmer is equal in devilry and evilry uh, with Michelle Lujan Grisham. Would you say that Whitmer was worse than Michelle Lujan Grisham? I'm not sure. They would be very, very close to each other. Uh, Nigel Farrar, Farage, one of the architects of Brexit, my sister and brother-in-law living in the UK, would be uh, tremendously interested in that as well. Uh, Myra Flores, of course, elected to that district that uh, the Democrats thought was theirs for all the rest of time, uh, a Republican in, in Texas. Riley Gaines, the swimmer, uh, young uh, blonde girl who's uh, a SEC champion swimmer who's been active in fighting the gender nonsense and craziness. Matt Gates, Florida representative, for who's uh, had some issues, but uh, he is still alive, alive and uh, kicking uh, politically. Kimberly Guilfoyle, of course, former Trump advisor, Fox News personality. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kevin Hassett. Kevin Hassett is a econ former economic advisor uh, to Mr. Trump, but he's a uh, 
conservative, rightish, free market leaning uh, economist. So I, I like his his work a lot. Uh, Sean Hannity, big uh, doesn't get much bigger name in radio than Sean Hannity. Representative Yvette Harrell, fresh off the vote, the vote, her vote against subsidizing the semiconductor industry, even though New Mexico has a semiconductor factory up in Rio Rancho. So uh, Yvette Harrell voting for that. Uh, boy, I've had my issues with Yvette Harrell, but boy, did she take a courageous stand on that one. Um, the rest of the congressional delegation in New Mexico, the, the entirety of the congressional delegation, the Democrats, remember the Democrats, therefore the, uh, the little guy, they're against corporate America, they're against corporate welfare, right? They want responsibility, responsible capitalism. The four of them, uh, Lonely Girl, Total Left Wing Fool, Benny Boy, and Zap Heinrich, they all endorsed corporate welfare for the semiconductor industry. Yvette Harrell said no. Uh, she uh, did that to her eternal credit, I would say. And I'm going to wrap up before I kick things over back to Eddie. Papa John, founder of Papa John's Pizza, is is uh, going to be at CPAC too. So Eddie's got some serious heavy hitter company with him over there in Texas. Uh, and Mike Lindell, by the way, uh, uh, I'll throw that in. Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA and uh, DNA vaccines, who's had some criticism, let's say, about how things have been handled. Uh, stick around, folks. We're coming right back with a better connection. Sort of left it in the no man's land uh, for a little while, and then that just. 
just creates a lot more distrust uh, of the vote. And then, of course, uh, acts as a little bit of uh, voter suppression as well. So, um, you know, uh, let's not forget Kerry Lake was endorsed, endorsed by Donald Trump. Uh, but there is some other um, curious things about Kerry Lake that are interesting. She's going to be here uh, in her past, and let's not hold everything against her, but uh, she did uh, make a donation, several donations to Barack Obama, including interviewing him uh, as well. So I know that that is a concern for a lot of Republicans, but we're at a point, and I think, you know, we should probably take our own very own Mark Ronchetti here. You know, he's a television personality. He is somebody that has uh, got high name recognition. Um, he pretty much destroyed the entire field without even having to enter into one debate. Uh, name recognition goes for a lot. You know, I think, uh, you know, and this isn't in any way insulting uh, to our candidates, um, but uh, I would say, and our candidate, of course, being Mark Ronchetti, uh, we're like, anything is better at this point than Michelle version. And I think it becomes a referendum of the current uh, people who are in, in play, uh, the people who have been, you know, how did they handle COVID? How have they handled the economic downturn? Did, did they show leadership? You know, and do you want to kind of go out with the old and, and with the new, whatever that happens to be? So I don't know that we could really be faulting uh, our choice here in the primary. I think uh, we have to build that brand. And I think one of the good things about Mark Ronchetti, at least for, you know, you wouldn't want a right winger. You wouldn't want somebody like me running in the gubernatorial election because it would be so far right or some people would consider that so far right that they wouldn't be able to bring it back to the middle. So I think what Jim McCluskey and Mark Ronchetti are doing is the, the right thing. Uh, and, you know, let's just get this out of the way. And I think that's the 15 week ban on abortions, which we can argue all we want. Are you pro-abortion? Are you pro-life? You know, how, how pro-life are we? Like anything is better than what we're getting right now. So I think these are things that we have to have a more logical discussion uh, with based upon the flood of media that's coming from the left. And, uh, you know, I was very happy to see that uh, Carrie Lake came out and made that claim because I think that she has um, excellent brand and name recognition, and that's going to count for a lot of low-information voters. And let's not forget, that, you know, people aren't as plugged into politics as you and I are. They aren't paying attention to this stuff every single day. If they can recognize a, recognize a name or see something down, as you often see, it's like, oh, I know that person. I'm going to vote for that person. And let's just say they don't have too bad things to say about them. They're going to get behind them. And that's something that can certainly get uh, a woman who has, I don't know where her um, treasure chest is uh, right now on Michelle Lujan um, but the amount of money that uh, she can raise, and let's not forget the amount of national attention and national money that she gets, is going to go a long way. So we need to take our very best, and um, I, I can see some of that taking place right here at uh, CPAC as there is a little bit of more moderate approach. You know, I think yesterday we took... Um, <clears throat> We're going moderate. I just literally just caught myself saying that we're going moderate to save the republic. That's where we're at right now. And, it's, it, you know, and, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, just how turned off the sort of middle class or, I don't know, everyday Americans seem to be based upon the media bias that comes out against Donald Trump. You know, I, what I don't understand is the positioning when, when it came from Donald Trump is, you know, he was a guy who was a Democrat. He was a guy who crossed over from 2001 through 2009. He was a Democrat. I mean, he was actually kind of pretty moderate uh, overall. I think where I think the turnoff came uh, down, and I think you would agree, is the 
much about him preserving this country. And, you know, dare I say it, the red, white, and blue has become sort of this uh, racist symbol for liberals. And I don't understand that either. And when Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ and the rainbow flag has become, in, in my opinion, I think for them, uh, more representative of a democracy, more representative of what they think is fair. I mean, we, they have jumped the shark, you know. We can't even say pledge allegiance. We don't have, you know, uh, a God in our schools. We don't have a lot of things. And you, you start to try to figure out how these people don't understand what's wrong with this country. And we're having to go reach for the middle just to bring them back. And uh, Joe Manchin is becoming, uh, precariously saying, uh, and Joe Manchin is becoming the voice of reason in the midst of all this uh, D-Dowd Muska. And uh, I got to say, Carrie Lake is not a bad choice for Arizona, uh, especially if she can uh, bring some of those Democrats over to her side instead of, uh, you know, uh, going further, further left. Because Arizona has attracted a sizable amount of population uh, moving over from California. And that's the big problem right now with Arizona down there. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned moderation, Eddie. I mean, I we mentioned yesterday 1% of Americans think climate change is a great crisis facing the country. At a time when your your opponent has gone so far extreme and so far uh, detached and divorced from the, the kitchen table concerns that, that people care about, um, you don't really have to outline a very specific strong, bold agenda. You just have to seem sane and reasonable. And uh, I think that's what uh, you know a lot of candidates can do. I think that's probably how Mark Ronchetti's trying to play it. Um, Michelle Lohan Grisham is extreme on abortion and she's extreme on uh, you know critical race theory and, and all this other stuff. And we know that the polling, um, as I said, the 1% of people in America think climate change is a crisis, facing the greatest crisis facing the country. Uh, that's all politicians in New Mexico and a lot of other blue places care about is climate change is the greatest, you know, greatest disaster uh, in human history. I was uh, reading recently about the bicentennial 1976 after we had uh, 15 years of assassinations and riots and Watergate and all this stuff that went through the 60s and the 70s. And the American people embraced 1976 with waving of the flag and proud of America and proud of American history. This thing came out of the blue. None of the intellectuals. Uh, in Washington, in New York, thought that the, the bicentennial year was going to be this great revival of patriotism. And some could say that bled over into the late 70s and into the Reagan era. But there's still a wellspring. Of, uh, there's still a reservoir of, of, of people in this country who still believe in sort of the basic neighborhood values. And uh, if the left wants to keep going with critical race theory and transgender and climate change, Republicans at this particular time might want to just say, hey, guys, you're going to go destroy yourselves. We'll just sit back and be calm and be moderate, dare I say, and and, and rack up some electoral victories. Yeah. And I, I got to say, Dowd, I mean, you and I just putting the show together. I mean, you're coming from the libertarian, if we can consider it maybe the conservative left, if you will. Um, and then, you know, me coming from the middle to the conservative right, you know, us bridging this even and having an understanding of just how crazy they have been, I think, um, I think illustrates our ability to go ahead and bring home additional uh, voters. I mean, I think we are the voice of reason when these people are so agenda driven that it's literally driving people away and out and driving our country downwards. And, you know, uh, the people aren't making sense of what's happening. I think there is a real opportunity. Some other places, Michigan, Missouri, Washington, you know, all coming out uh, with that. I think we should, we should definitely recognize the, the power of the Trump endorsement, uh, despite the fact that Fox 
News and various other news outlets aren't featuring him. You might remember last week I featured uh, Donald Trump, which I thought was pretty cool uh, when he was giving his uh, long speech. Nobody else was featuring that. And I think, uh, you know, we deserve to hear from uh, President 45 since he's likely going to be running uh, again. He wasn't my first choice uh, just because I think because of liabilities for exactly this reason. But, you know, the branding and I think the level of aggression and just what he's known for and, of course, the proven record, I think there's something to run on there, you know, despite his age and everything else. I mean, I would prefer DeSantis, you know, nine times out of ten. But, you know, uh, Donald Trump's a proven winner. And if we can go ahead and, you know, sort of uh, build the bench and, and keep DeSantis there and see, I'm, I'm interested to see what other conservatives think while we're here where they're at on the DeSantis with Donald Trump coming here, you know, Jim Jordan, you know, you mentioned the whole list of people. I mean, Trump still has a tremendous, tremendous hold over the Republican Party, even though the Republican National Committee isn't uh, using or publicly acknowledging that. So a lot more to get to uh, here. Um, interesting way that they do the elections in Washington. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, boy, that's uh, that's a sign of things to come here in the state of New Mexico. You're going to have Democrats running against Democrats in the in the main election if they can uh, get their way with it. Uh, back after a quick break uh, right here in the Kiva, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, by the way, the Beach Boys released Surfer Girl, which was the first song that Brian Wilson ever wrote and the first one he produced. Back here in three. Thanks for listening. Get older, losing my hair Many years from now Will you still be sending me a valentine Birthday greetings, bottle of wine Yep, I'm 64, a song that they've been released until 1967 The Beatles actually performed that as their first performance uh, it went right up to the very beginning. The Beatles, whose fee for their first performance had been five pounds, received a fee for 300 pounds uh, for the performance. So, uh, D-Dad Muscoe, we talked about, you know, being right-wing or going a little bit too far right. Um, and, you know, this just startled me. And I know that, uh, you know, I, I'd rather not source the material uh, on air. You guys are welcome to go ahead and, you know, click all the links and get that stuff. You know, we shouldn't have to reference all the various uh, pieces that we get from such a broad uh, swath of, of really conservative talent throughout the rest of the country. Uh, these guys are just good. You know, it doesn't matter who we have, uh, who's on here. I really like to start thinking of uh, everybody that's on the conservative side as the team that, that's out to save America. I just sat here and talked with Larry O'Connor uh, for about uh, 15 minutes as he was doing his setup. And, you know, he's going to go have dinner tonight with Dana Lash and, and all that. And it's, it's just it's amazing how we are all just working together for the same cause, which is to try and save this country and, and get those values out. And, you know, the values, I'm wearing this hat, which is the lucky cap. Okay? It says rock of talk on one side. It says live lucky on the other side. You're lucky to live in this country. And it's red, white, and blue, by the way. Yes, it is, baby. Um, you're lucky to live in this country. You didn't have a choice in the matter. And I don't think any 
anybody ever really thinks about, you know, how lucky they are. They didn't have a choice as to what country they were born in. And, you know, just as anybody else who was born in an unlucky country, like, I don't know, Zimbabwe or <laughs> Rwanda or, you know, China, uh, let's, let's just say, you know, didn't have a choice in the matter of where they were. And I think we all just consider ourselves incredibly lucky for being here and living this life that we get to live in. When we fight hard to preserve it, it's, you know, we're united by our symbols, we're united by our values, we're united by our words. And, you know, I want to focus on the symbols for a second, because in the Kiva, you know, doubt is, um, doubt is, is his uh, uh, west, or excuse me, I should say, north side environs of the uh, I-25. But when he's in studio, we hang a few flags that are in um, the Kiva. You know, obviously there's an American flag that is there. Um, but uh, I also have a Betsy Ross flag and a Gadsden flag uh, that's in the studio. And I've always noticed that regardless of where some of our you know guests sort of come in, they never address it. They never really look at it. They never say anything negative. It's just like, yeah, it's sort of part of America because those are sort of our foundations. You know, that's where this stuff you know comes from. So Project Veritas just released a new document provided by an FBI whistleblower. And I saw this and I'm like, my gosh, am I now on a terror list because I'm hanging a few flags in our radio station? Like, I'm the last guy that's going to go out and, you know, uh, take anything out or whatever. But here's what they're saying. The Bureau, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is now classifying American citizens that deems to be, quote unquote, potential militia, violent extremists. Or as they're referring to us in their acronym as MBE, the FBI is now citing symbols. Yes, the Gadsden flag and the Betsy Ross flag, and I don't know my live lucky hat. Uh, phrases, images, events, and individuals that agents should look out for when identifying alleged domestic terrorists. Well, we all said that we would never forget, and we are definitely forgetting. 21 years later, and look where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. This is absolutely uh, disgusting. Uh, thanks to um, some of the people putting some of this information together. Here it is. I saw the document, and it is legitimate. It's an unclassified law enforcement sensitive document. It says it is for FBI internal use only. Well, it's been leaked out, and thanks to the good people at Project Veritas uh, for putting this together. A revolutionary war imagery is considered terrorist elements, such as the Betsy Ross flags, commonly refer- referenced historical imagery or quotes, also referenced now as a terrorist element. Um, here it is. It's got everything right here. And it is militia, violent, extreme, and commonly referenced historical imagery or quotes, anything having to do with revolution, anything having to do with uh, Punisher, anything having to do with uh, warrior culture that we have here, anarcho-capitalism, uh, black flag, uh, electrical resistance symbols, anything with lightning bolts in it, uh, pretty much. I mean, this is really jarring and startling to me. Uh, significant events that they might, uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco, uh, also notable attacks for criminal activity. Uh, Timothy McVeigh, uh, the Crusaders. This is they're assimilating and lumping this into one fat uh, place, including a timeline of key events in the MVE history, as if we all sit here and believe this stuff. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is an attempt to slander what we're trying to do to preserve this country 
but they're sort of uniting lo- loosely, very loosely, uh, loosely connected elements, if you will, if even if they are connected, uh, to go ahead and push forth uh, this ideology that anybody that's trying to preserve this country is a terrorist. Uh, Dowd, I know that uh, you're not into any of this stuff, but boy, this is uh, this is on the brink of. You know, the, um, the Third Reich Nazism, um, you know, the uh, fascism uh, that we could see by the uh, complete takeover, just done a little bit differently than, than Adolf Hitler. Using um, these guys to go ahead and bully us into not wearing our symbols so that we can subdue our free speech. Uh, yeah, Eddie, I, anybody who would doubt that the, uh, the the creeping thuggery of these people, little, little step by little step, they're not they, they're not rounding all us up in one night, but it just seems to continue abated if this document can be uh, unabated, if this, this document can be confirmed. And, and Project Veritas has broken a lot of very legitimate stories. So um, I'm sure all the lefties will say this is a, a, a setup and we'll, we'll be fighting about this for days and weeks to come. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all if this were a very legitimate document. If you go, folks, to uh, DowdMuska.com, uh, www.dowdmuska, the entirety of my website's existence, I have had the Betsy Ross flag up in the right-hand corner at the top of my personal website. That's the 13 stars at the founding of the country in the circle, not the 50 stars we have now. So I guess according to the FBI, I'm either sympathetic to or I am a member of a militia violent extremist group, uh, even right. though even though I've never gotten a parking ticket, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, pretty incredible. They're also citing Ashley Babbitt as an MBE martyr. Um, you know, the way that they abstained her background doubt as, as well, I think, is also very much a certain She's a woman who served this country. She's a woman who happened to be there on January 6th, and she was also the woman who was murdered uh, by a uh, Capitol security guard, and uh, they're calling it a justifiable murder. They'll never look into it. Uh, we've lost a veteran and someone who cared deeply about this country. And uh, seemingly, if you watch the video, which you can watch her get shot uh, right there um, on that video, uh, that was completely and totally unjustifiable. She wasn't lunging or attacking in any particular way, but I think that the way that they referenced it was that she was uh, breaching uh, the Capitol. So anyway, this is sad to see. I know from so many of you on your trucks, on your vehicles, you know, I, 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 I was working so hard. I remember during the 2020 election, you know, telling people, I was like, why aren't you flying the Trump flag? Why aren't you flying, you know, your Trump 2020? Where's your Trump bumper stickers? Where's Trump this, Trump that? You know, I'd get people, i get after people for that. How long is it before we start taking campaign symbols and turning them into MVEs uh, as well? I mean, I can only imagine that uh, after they, you know, he's been impeached twice, not to his own, uh, not his own doing. I mean, let's just, let's just say that, you know, this is a false court that, that did it. But I mean, after they quote unquote uh, uh, convict him in the court of public opinion, you know, they'll try to do this, I think, uh, as well. And it's just a sad place. Uh, for where our country is at. And um, I'm interested to talk to other conservatives about this. And, um, you know, I no doubt, I, I really appreciate the fact that you're always trying to verify and make sure, but we have uh, known Project Veritas uh, to be nothing but exemplary of what's in their name. A lot of good work. Um, a lot of good work. I mean, 
these guys have been, um, I believe that he's also being audited by the IRS, which we'll talk about in our next segment. Um, boy, uh, the IRS is getting really beefy. And uh, we know that the day after we addressed it, uh, Glenn Beck uh, made that front and center of his show where he was talking about how, yep, the IRS is arming up. They've um, spent the additional money on ammo. They're hiring 87,000 additional agents. They've geared up. It's not $45 billion, folks. I know that that's what they're putting out there. It's $80 billion of that Joe Manchin bill that, they've, uh, that they're going to get across uh, without seemingly any problem. I know Christian Cinema is uh, standing in the way of it potentially, but uh, trust me, they'll find a way. She cares enough about her own public life, and uh, that is definitely, definitely going to go through. So I don't think that there's going to be any question about it. So I think, you know, as we look at this, you know, we're going to find that your government is going to make sure that you're in line with them politically. Because if you're not, you're going to be noted as someone who is an enemy of the state. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. And we'll talk about the IRS uh, when we return uh, here in the Kiva. We've got hour two and hour three. I'm broadcasting here from CPAC in Dallas, Texas. Uh, very excited to uh, be here. Thanks, out for uh, kicking off the show with the lineups. Um, it's a, a who's who of conservatives uh, uh, throughout the country all gathered here for four days, uh, Wednesday through Saturday. And I'm uh, looking forward to bringing you more of that here in the Kiva. Back and forth. Thanks for listening. When I get older, losing my head many years from now. Will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. Seventy-three Stevie Wonder releasing his sixteenth studio album. Sixteen studio album. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, all his instruments were all played by Stevie Wonder on the six of the nine album tracks. This one, um, called Higher Ground, was also remade by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know if we're going to be going for higher ground because the IRS is coming to get you. One, two, we're coming after you. Three, four, better lock your door. They got ammo, folks. They got, listen to this report. Like, if you thought, if you thought there isn't a lot riding on this particular election, uh, boy, do I got news for you. Um, this, I know, has got to be jarring again to keep using that word, but everything is startling because we're sort of on the edge of, of everything beat out Moscow. Um, beast mode is what they're calling this. Does that scare anybody? Beast mode for the IRS? Uh, wow. Uh, <clears throat> here it is. The Schumer Mansion book or tax bill, uh, their tax book, supplies the cash to turn the internal revenue service into the Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of laughing, but it's painful. Here it is. The package between Mansion and Schumer includes, remember I said, $80 billion in new funding for the tax man. Here's where it gets really scary, folks. Okay. Remember all your transactions and remember your banks and your small banks and all that? 
So the Democrats didn't get the tax increase that they wanted. So what are they going to do? They're going to turn up the heat on middle income and upper middle income Americans. Remember, they look for votes with poor people. They look for votes with people of color. They look for votes with, I don't know, some sort of disenchanted group that doesn't care about taxes, uh, whatever it happens to be. Okay. Here it is. The current IRS budget is $12.6 billion. Okay. So they're going to add four times that. Four times that. $45.6 billion for enforcement litigation, criminal investigation. They're also going to employ their brand new investigative technology, which is going to be in the middle of your bank accounts. Something called digital asset monitoring. Yes, wherever your digital assets are, they're going after that. And a new fleet of tax collector cars as well. Remember, they don't even use all their cars, but they're all going to get new cars. The result will be more audits, more civil suits, and more criminal referrals and they are going to criminalize every single person that they possibly can out there. And here's the deal. You're trying to figure out, well, why would you go after this group of Americans? Why would you go after the working class? Why would you go after the people who are upwardly mobile, right? And who's the upwardly mobile people? These are the people in the middle, the upper middle income people, like the people who are out there working, you know, generally don't work for the government, uh, generally by and large are, you know, people with families, people with businesses. This is who they're going after. Here's the lion's share. According to the Joint Committee on Taxation, Congress's official tax scorekeeper, 78-90% of the money raised from underreported income would come from those making less than $200,000 a year. They're not going after the rich. They're not going after the rich at all. The 4 to 9%? They would only think that that'd come from those people making more than $500,000 a year. The IRS knows that the wealthy, according to this opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal, employ lawyers, accountants who make litigation too time-consuming and risky for them. They're going for the middle to the upper middle income people who won't hire an attorney to protect them in a tax litigation lawsuit. There you go. A particular audit target and this is from somebody who knows, will be pass-throughs, including S-corporations, right, and those who file under the individual tax code. Democrats, of course, have, as I started, uh, failed to raise the top individual tax rates. So their plan B is to unleash the beast, the wolverine, he doubt must on the American uh, people. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, Eddie, this, this editorial from the Wall Street Journal, uh, I think it ran yesterday or today, uh, they're following my work because a couple of days ago, remember when I was telling our audience about all of the reports that have come out over the last couple of years of the IRS uh, tax officials, what a horrendous job they have done during the Rona where they sent a lot of employees home. Uh, and these are some of the stats I didn't have with me at the time, but the, the journal outlines them. Uh, the, in the 2022 filing season, the IRS answered a mere 10% of its phone calls as of June, the IRS was still sitting on 21.3 million unprocessed paper tax returns with many taxpayers waiting six months or more to receive their refunds. These inept jerks, like our educrats, our, our, our union monopolized educrats, have handed in a horrendous performance over the last couple of years, and they're being rewarded for it. In the private sector, that would never happen. Well, uh, the other thing, too, is Senator Warren
Warren wants to create a federal H&R block. Uh, and here's the way that this looks. It assesses tax liability for taxpayers. Uh, these taxpayers would presumably have to appeal if they disagree. And you know that they aren't going to go ahead and litigate it. They aren't going to hire attorneys. They're just going to settle with the IRS. You hear the commercials that are running on the radio station all the time. Do you have a debt from the IRS? Uh, is the IRS coming out to get you? We just talked to Hal. We talked to Sam. And that's exactly what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and go with these debt settlement corporations. And the IRS is simply out to go ahead and collect as much money as they can um, because they haven't been doing a very good job of doing exactly that. Um, these are people who have been at home. They haven't uh, had to go ahead and, and chase taxpayers. Everyone's had the COVID excuse for the fact that they've either been you know, laid off or let's not forget the government has paid out how much? Nearly $6 trillion in the first bailout, another additional three and a half trillions, uh, three and a half trillion in turn, the second bailout. So as you look at this money, you know, what do you do with all that money that's been paid out? How come that's not being looked at a little bit more funny? Why go after these people, you know, uh, doubt and look at, um, what, what, why not go after the people who decided to go ahead and increase the, the, the push from the government and the money that was being paid out? I think that would have been a better way to look at this. They're looking for additional revenue uh, from the government because we just kind of keep printing and printing and printing. And I, I don't think focusing on the middle to the upper middle class and the upper middle mobile is any good way to go. Yeah, Eddie, I think the uh, w- one of the things that Republicans could do if they win in November, which is only a few months away, to possibly stop this monstrosity is when they get the, if they get a majority in the House and or the Senate is haul these IRS officials in before them the way they did in the 1990s and haul in the people who have been victims of the IRS incompetence, whether it's an aggressive auditing or it's failure to respond in a timely fashion. Uh, that's the power of, of the, the theater of that, but it's also a theater that depicts real people having real, real problems. So uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is why I think in this election year, this election does matter uh, to try to stop this kind of insanity. And if you think Joe Manchin, Mr. Centrist, is your friend for backing something like this, he is, uh, I have some words for Joe Manchin, but I can't say them over the public airwaves. All right, a lot more to get to here when we return here in the Kiva. We've got a complete... Uh show set up here for hour two and three i'm broadcasting live from cpac uh, right here from dallas texas and uh, glad to be here with you thanks everybody for tuning in on am 600 k on appreciate uh, everybody tuning in hour two just for you up next Amazing. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of time. I'm Eddie Aragon, the rock of time. I'm
ended in hour number one, Carrie Lake uh, declaring victory. And I think uh, that's a new tactic uh, going forward is do that early, make them through the other side. Uh, Lawyer Robeson uh, is in that tight uh, Arizona GOP race. And uh, as it looks, it's uh, separated by a little bit over 10,000 votes right now, 150,000 votes uh, to count. And uh, the penal county, uh, this is really what's interesting, is the issues that are happening at the election box. And it all has to do with the 63,000 mail-in ballots that were all delivered to the wrong voters in Penal County, Arizona. The Republican National Committee and the Republican Party of Arizona released a statement uh, just a little while ago calling for the immediate resignation for the county's election director, talking to somebody who was working the polls there in Arizona, a good friend of mine, and he says it's an absolute mess. So it's a cluster, once again, not just the main elections, but also the primary. And uh, they don't have a whole lot of time between now and November to go ahead and get their houses. Uh, in order, radio station KTAR reporting the shortage or the result of, quote-unquote, unprecedented demand for in-person ballots. People want to vote. And uh, what are we going to be entertaining ourselves with in New Mexico? Uh, they, we spent $52 million on the uh, new voting machines, and Terry Lake was encouraging people to show up the same day. Uh, we've had 30 days ahead of time uh, to vote in uh, the state of New Mexico, and we can't even get that right. Uh, oftentimes these uh, results are coming in, you know, a day later, a week later, and in some cases, like in the case of Pennsylvania, nearly a month later. And it creates a lot of problems, distrust, and uh, it acts as a voter suppression. And we need people believing that their votes always counted. Beat out uh, Moscow or two. How are you? Well, uh, speaking of uh, uh, cluster fudges, <coughs> Eddie, yeah. um, <laughs> the Bernalillo County Board of Commissioners uh, have adopted oh. uh, a, a, a new approach to the next meeting that they will be having. Uh, that's on Tuesday on uh, August 9th, six days from today. They're going to a hybrid format. And, folks, it's okay. because of the increase in COVID-19 cases. Now, if you want to cool. attend, they're still letting people actually attend the meeting. You have to wear a mask. Uh, citizens yeah, who attend may sit with groups attending the meeting together, but a one-seat spacing is required between groups or individuals who attend separately, and the commission chambers are going to be limited to only 50% capacity. So uh, creeping Fauciism is making its way back into New Mexico in your absence, Eddie. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible how we continue to sort of go along these lines of you know, just the government bureaucracy unable to perform its task, its duties without, uh, you know, um, it, it's always, you know, the public, whenever they try to get their input in, whenever they're trying to get something done at critical junctures in time, what inevitably happens, the doubt, is that uh, they, uh, the city council did the same thing. Yep. The city of Albuquerque, uh, just this month, uh, they're now resorting to completely and totally in Zoom meetings uh, going forward. So, you know, there you go. Uh, more of what you expect from a government that doesn't work uh, for you. So how are we going to be able to go ahead and get through all of this uh, come election time? You know, they can't perform their jobs when they have them. They can't perform the temporary jobs. There's always been issues in one form or another. And uh, people, look, you just can't trust the government. And now the IRS wants to come at it. And that's a totally different uh, animal to skin. But uh, the federal government in that, we know that... Uh, What's the approval rating right now of the federal government, their ability to do their job? I mean, not processing the tax returns, et cetera. Uh, and like, it, it's like they just know how to keep milking us. 
and they keep leading us on and everyone's afraid to speak up. And, you know, fortunately for you and I, Dad, we at least speak up on behalf of those people who uh, choose not to speak up. In fact, we have people who register as Democrats because they feel like that if they don't register as Democrats, they're going to get audited. Could there already be anything more preposterous than that? We've got to get people speaking out. Your government works for you. You do not work for the government. You don't work the first part of the year, so you can go ahead and pay your taxes until April 15th. You know, we've got to start turning this whole entire thing around in the way that we look, because your government would not have any funds if it wasn't for private businesses. This is not something that is a requirement. Uh, I can tell you uh, in terms of you know what we get out of our government, it's a hell of a lot less than what we put in. Look at how disappointed you are with their ability to perform in public safety. Uh, your mayor, what does he want to do? He wants to make sure that you have sort of this a la carte pay for security services in downtown Albuquerque. Could there be a worse place in the entire city than to have your business than downtown Albuquerque? And they want you to pay for this concierge service for your security. I mean, the way that they look at themselves as if they are owed a debt of gratitude for all the wonderful things that they don't do for us is, is just, just absolutely ridiculous. So um, not surprised, Berlioz County Commissioners. I think we got four Dems, one Republican on that, yep. Walt Benson uh, being the lone Republican in District 4. Um, we got our city council. Uh, we seemingly have a majority of uh, Republicans would stop counting Louis Sanchez as a uh, Republican. They, they want to count him all the time, but well, they'll, they'll probably claim that it's nonpartisan. But we've got to really kind of focus on turning this thing around and making sure that our government's giving us what we pay for now. Yeah, uh, just to answer your question about congressional approval, Eddie, uh, we, as of uh, the first three weeks of June, this is the most recent data from Gallup, uh, the congressional approval rating is at 16%, uh, 82% disapprove, uh, 16% approve. And, and it's interesting you're talking about trusting any level of government, Eddie. I, uh, if I could just jump in here for two minutes, the the I've never in my life, I just was sort of joking around. I took a picture. I was out walking a couple nights ago. Beautiful shot of the Sandia Mountains up here by where I live. There is a big plot of land right next to my apartment building. Uh, I've been back in New Mexico for over four and a half years now after I took a little sabbatical back around 2016. And um, they've been trying to sell this plot of land, which is immediately off an interstate, I-25. It's right near I-25 Studios north of the city. Uh, there's nowhere near the kind of crime and homelessness problem uh, up where I am. I'm almost literally out of the city boundary, almost as far north as you can be and still be within Tim Keller's <coughs> uh, camp, uh, so to speak. And kind of on a lark, I just took this picture and I, I, I tweeted it out today in my personal account. And, you know, I've, I've been shadow banned and ghosted in a billion different ways. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. People are just responding like crazy. And what I what I put up was a picture of this plot of land with a beautiful view of the sand, full view of the Sandias uh, behind it. Uh, they had been trying to sell this for years. There was some kind of complex public announcement. They posted a, a sign recently on the property. Uh, they were going to alter the, the zoning for this piece of land because it was part of some development district, one of these really super complicated things. And I was, uh, was going to try to follow up with that. But it's next to a movie studio. It's next to a huge apartment complex with people, middle class people. And I think even some people in this complex have are even maybe a little uh, upper middle class. And so I just threw it up. I, I threw it up and I said, it's been four and a half years. Uh, 
it was an evening picture. I, I, I must say a, a beautiful picture um, of the Sandias and this big empty lot in front of the Sandias. Uh, it's been four and a half years, maybe longer. They can't sell, develop this piece of property right off I-25, next to a movie studio in a big apartment complex. Uh, no crime, not, not really to speak of up here. Uh, why is Albuquerque kryptonite to non-government economic development? And Eddie, just in the last two hours, it's just been unbelievable. The people who responded, uh, an old friend of mine who was in Florida, who, who left New Mexico, um, uh, Ron said, think we have many empty existing commercial buildings that have sat longer than that. Also remember that strip of real estate that Barry, I B-A-R-R-Y, I think he must mean former Mayor Barry, developed with utilities on right. Gibson uh, at the base of the old north-south runway for commercial space. It's now growing weeds. It's been six years. Yep. Uh, Site yep. Alpha says... What something is worth to someone may not be worth the cost the market is willing to pay for one. Uh, another reason is that the entire area's design is based on other markets, um, other market success that may not work here. Livability also plays a large factor. Back into the music. Back under a quick break here in Akiva. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll pick it up there. I'm uh, actually moving around the place, Dowd. Uh, you'd love this. I'm actually, now that I don't have to be in front of the camera right now because of uh, the other uh, things going on, I'm walking around. I'm looking at the CPAC stage uh, here, and it is gorgeous. They've got this thing set up. Uh, so, folks, you might want to go ahead and uh, tune in. It's uh, who's who of conservatives here. Uh, Matt Schlapp, chairman, Mercedes Schlapp, CPAC senior fellow. We've got Governor Greg Abbott, who's hosting it. And uh, everybody seems to be uh, streaming it uh, as well. So um, it is lit up like, uh, I don't know how to characterize it. It feels like it's we're nominating a president here. That's, uh, that's the way that this thing is done. Uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, down. So, uh, anyway, Eddie, you know, I, I was there in the early 90s in Washington. From what I've seen on, on C-SPAN over the years, CPAC has really stepped up its game. It was kind of bland and dull when I was there, but the production values from what I've watched in recent years, they are uh, pretty impressive. The, the show they put on now, that's a compliment. Oh, yeah, it, it's really something. And there's, I don't know, probably about 200 plus booths. Uh, we see everything from uh, something called Revere Payments uh, here. So we've got uh, Turning Point USA is here. Leadership Institute uh, is here. Everyone's setting up their booths right now in uh, something called the Mag Mall is here, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've got uh, a few candidates on the national stage who are also here. Uh, something called Run Gen uh, that is also here. So anyway, it's all it's, everything's getting set up, and uh, it's pretty. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Okay, now you can. Um, walk away. They've got their booth here. They've got a little jail cell. Maybe they're going to uh, be raising money to get people out of I don't know. The whole thing is just awesome. And it feels good and people are in a great mood. And, you know, I got to say, I'm, 
pretty excited about the whole entire thing. But one of the things that we do have to talk about, Dowd, is jobs. We're losing jobs. Walmart laying off, I guess today, uh, stating that they're going to be laying off thousands of people um, in their workforce. They didn't give an actual uh, number, but this is the very thing that uh, we have been anticipating. I think a few months ago, we started talking about the huge layoffs uh, for some of the bigger companies uh, that were out there, you know, Amazon, uh, you know, uh, not hiring, putting hiring freezes. And we, we did this rollout of uh, the various companies out there. And this is just something that has to go hand in hand with getting the economy back into shape because inflation, you know, we're not going to be able to cool things off without some serious layoffs uh, by some of these corporations. Now, but I think it should. we should qualify it by saying that never have we been at a more fully employed level, at least as far as our unemployment levels are concerned. But we've also never had this many people who are part of the gig economy who are not looking for work. We have 3 million people less in the workforce than we did pre-COVID. So we do have to qualify it that way. But there's going to be some massive numbers of jobs lose the loss. I am somewhere between 1.5 to 1.8 million over the next 12 months at least. I would imagine it could be significantly more than that. So you're going to probably see almost a doubling uh, of the unemployment rate at those rates over the next two years. We're at least going to probably crawl back to 5%. I think that should be meaningful for voters, but whether or not it will be all depends upon whether or not we're actually get, getting people to focus, I think, on the real issues at hand, and that's the economy, stupid. In fact, the number one issue, doubt, and I think that you saw it, 34% of voters are focused on one thing, and that is inflation, how much less their dollar is doing for them. And some earnings reports have come out. They're showing that they're not doing very well. Well, now we've got unemployment numbers that are coming out. Robinhood has laying off 23% of staff as its retail investors fade from the platform. In fact, what we what do we know about Robinhood? Is they were one of the fastest growing companies in all of 2020 and 2021. And why were they so fast growing? Well, it had a lot to do with the fact that people were getting all this money into their bank accounts and they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know if they were buying sneakers or if they're going to start investing in some sort of stocks. And that's exactly what Robinhood sought to do. So the fact that they're laying off a considerable amount, a quarter of their workforce, I think it's an indicator of, of which direction the, the economy is going so it can sort of revamp itself to fight inflation. In fact, demand for workers fell in June to its lowest level overall in the last nine months. So, you know, they're putting hiring freezes for small businesses. You compound that with the fact that the IRS is going to be out uh, in Wolverine beast mode uh, looking to hunt down middle class and upper middle class people. And I think uh, we're starting to batten down the hatches, uh, you doubt. Uh, yeah, Eddie, and as you said, I mean, Robinhood, we, it was just a couple months ago we heard about the first round of layoffs. So now we're going to uh, another 23%. I won't give away our, our numbers, uh, our, 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 six, our six o'clock hour data dump. Uh, it's still, it's still half, half, half an hour too early for that, but I will do a little preview. Uh, we've got numbers on logistics, manufacturing, uh, we have some earnings uh, reports, some corporate stuff on eBay and, and PayPal. Um, 
I, I have a PayPal account at DowdMuska.com with my Betsy Ross uh, terrorist flag, folks, if you want to float me a, a donation that way. Uh, and gasoline and electricity, two big numbers on uh, energy coming out. And uh, I think, Eddie, people are enjoying the, uh, the third hour data dump. And uh, we're not we're not overwhelming people with stuff, but just four or five big highlights of the day. And uh, one more free public service we provide to you, the listener. Well, I think it should be stated that uh, while we're focused on this, Joe Biden is not focused on this. Kamala Harris is not focused on this. Kamala Harris is focused on LGBTQ. She's focused on woke politics. She's focused on her personal pronouns. Nancy Pelosi, well, uh, doesn't seem to be a sort of a concerted, uh, uh, mindful strategy when it comes to dealing uh, with conflict. Uh, she's going to go poke the bear uh, in Asia, and everybody seems to be up in arms about it, with the exception of Singapore and Taiwan. They are enjoying their recognition and feeling a little bit of protection. But who doesn't like the big man on campus taking care of them? And Joe Biden, you know, can't even get out the door because he's constantly dealing with getting infected and reinfected once again. Um, he's already geared up uh, as far as COVID. Well, now he's gearing up now for monkeypox, D-Dowd Musk. I got to tell you, this made me laugh out loud. When I saw this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this one of those... Um, those fake news headlines that's coming out from one of the conservative human humor sites, and it's not. Biden names monkeypox czar amid criticism of federal response. Folks, we have 6,500 people who have been infected with the monkeypox, okay? And they're of one particular type of person. This isn't spreading beyond the boundaries of that. It is uh, largely happening to the homosexual community. Um, I should say largely, almost entirely of the homosexual community. And, uh, you know, at this point, developing some sort of drug to kind of ward off against uh, monkeypox is certainly something that's warranted. But to appoint a brand new position to uh, have the WHO and the CDC declare a emergency of health at this point, we're not at that level. But again, it's the distraction that's going to keep you thinking about other things than the things that you should be focused on. But fortunately, Dowd, there's 34% of this country that happens to be focused on the right thing, and that is inflation. That is what matters right now. Everyone's going to get sick. Everyone's going to die at some point. These are things that are just all part of life. But, you know, to turn it into something that we need to go ahead and stop the presses, stop our businesses and stop life in general because we need to react to the latest pandemic or the latest health care or the latest fear mongering that's going on out there. It, it's got to stop. But the Democrats, this is what they do. That is for them battle tested and proven to win because they have the propaganda arms of CBS, NBC, ABC to go ahead and push this stuff out. Down. Yeah, Eddie, and I got to say, this is a little off color and you know, folks, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not really in that <coughs> community of the dirty joke world. And this is not, dirty, and I, could, I can certainly say it over the air, but it, maybe not for, for the kids. Uh, Alex Berenson, the great reporter who uh, has been you know purged from every major platform and even had to sue Twitter to get back on. We were discussing his work yesterday. Uh, he retweeted yesterday uh, a, a tweet from a big public health official, I think out in California, maybe somebody associated with the university system out there. I forget uh, who it was, a leading lockdowner guy. And basically his argument was, we need to immediately adopt a whole new round of protocols in the classroom in educational suits, uh, situations and settings because of monkeypox. And let's just say the reaction by a lot of rational people was not uh, favorable to his position on uh, relocking down schools and remasking kids. Uh, my favorite response via Twitter was, 
Safety mitigations against monkeypox for schools, colon. Don't allow gay sex in the classroom, period. Uh, that, that's all you really need. That, that's all you really need, you know, to take care of the kids, to protect the kids. We're all about the kids. Um, that pretty, that's to me, that summarized the whole thing. Uh, but, you know, don't, don't, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. If they can, if they can ride monkeypox to another series of lockdowns, they will. And this was a top California, uh, a leading lockdowner. And I guess that's, that's, that they're, they're pinning their hopes on monkeypox. <laughs> Apparently they are some other distraction. Lots of text coming in. Uh, Duke says, who in their right mind would invest their company, their money in a company called Robinhood? I like the new crawl on that, that chat TV stream. Yeah, we're putting all the headlines on the uh, rockoftalk.tv. I'm putting that up there. Fortunately, I am able to get that despite the fact that I'm not able to get other things uh, up there. Andy says, uh, my wife just got laid off $75,000 a year today and her job at Ulta Beauty. We are not in a good place. Uh, people are scrambling. Espanola planning uh, land use director killed in Albuquerque. Yep. Uh, wow. Yep. Didn't see that headline that just came out. Uh, sad news to report there. Amen, brother. You're right on today. Taxation without representation. Abolish the IRS. Go to flat tax or consumption tax. Back after a quick break. Shout. Let it all out. Back in three. Yep, my first album was uh, Pyromania by Death Leopard. I remember getting that. So it's actually my first uh, thing that we bought at Sound Warehouse there on San Mateo, there in Albuquerque. I don't even know if anybody remembers what that is, but there it is. Death Leopard back in '87 released their fourth studio album, Hysteria, which of course had this "Pour Some Sugar on Me," became their best-selling album. Yes, even better than Pyromania. The title of the album was thought up by drummer Rick Allen relating to his experiences during the time of his car accident where he lost an arm. And many people have made a joke about uh, the left-handed drummer. But uh, I got to tell you that that quite uh, possibly is the most amazing thing that I've seen in music. He didn't miss a uh, bad joke here, Dowd. A beach, uh, despite not having the use of his right arm any longer. 550-50-500. Yeah, rim shot. Where's, uh, where's the rim shot on that bad joke? Okay, so. Um, hey, we've, we've got cheese. We could serve up cheese uh, when, when we need to. So we oftentimes get articles from people, and they send them in, and I read them, and I'm inundated with people who are constantly, you know, sending us texts and you know articles and things to explore. And one of our very best listeners sent in a database of more than 1,200 different people athletes, etc., who have all suddenly died of heart attacks. I mean, these are performers, you know, volleyball players, rugby players, soccer players, basketball players, people in high school, people in college, you know, uh, people who were uh, had an entire lifetime of 
athletics and then suddenly drop dead in their 40s. What do they all have in common? They all took the vaccination. And they had some sort of inexplicable thing that happened to them. And I'm not trying to scare you because there is a database that Dowd is going to post, and it will be available to the rockoftalk.chat subscribers only. So you can go line by line. I, I, it's, I almost feel like it's a Vietnam veterans wall of just going after each of these stories. And every single one of those names tells a story of someone's experience and you, you, you have a very difficult time of getting through it. For anybody who's ever served in the military, you think of the, our show, Hometown Heroes, on Sunday when we have you know, that fantastic show of how these people have made the ultimate sacrifice or they had friends who made the ultimate sacrifice, and it's hard. And then you see these athletes who weren't really sacrificing anything at all other than doing what they're told and you know, trying to be healthy or trying to do the right thing on behalf of somebody else by saying, well, I don't want to infect my grandmother, my grandfather, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one of the people that are, you know, the most unsung heroes sometimes, and they do have a Hippocratic oath, are physicians. And something absolutely unbelievable happened in Canada. <clears throat> and I read this and I shook my head and I'm like, how is this not leading the news of every mainstream media news organization. Of course, you know why it's not, because that's not what the uh, politicians would want. That's not what the government would want. They wouldn't want to scare you. And, you know, they always try to explain it away as it has something to do with something else. It was something else. Like, they're even going so far as, and you'll find one James Madison student who took the shot, and they didn't want, they wanted to cover up what actually killed her, and they say she died of suicide. Folks, this girl didn't create, didn't commit suicide. There was no nothing that could have stated that she committed suicide. But that's what they came away with because her parents didn't want to believe that they died of the vaccination. Now, now that I've said that, here's the story. Hospitals confirm deaths of four physicians, but deny that it's vaccine related. This is all of these stories encapsulated into one story. And this comes directly from the Toronto Sun. Attempting to quash social media gossip, it says, and speculation, two hospitalists have confirmed the deaths of two hospitals have confirmed the deaths of four staff doctors during just in one week last week in July, but deny that there's any connection to COVID nineteen vaccinations. Two separate hospitals and they all got fourth boosted. Take a listen. Three of the doctors were from Mississaugas, Mississaugas, you probably can say that better than I can doubt, Trillium Health Partners, and one was from North York General Hospital. Quote, unquote, it is with deep sadness that Trillium Health Partners mourns the loss of three of our physicians who recently passed away, said a statement from Trillium, sent to Toronto Sun on Wednesday. Dr. Jacob Sawicki, Dr. Stephen McKenzie, and Dr. Lauren Segal we're all trusted colleagues who are committed to caring for their patients and their community. The rumors circulating, Trillium added, on social media, these deaths could be linked to a recent administration of COVID-19 vaccine is simply not true. Why would you go to those lengths to explain that when all of them had just been fourth-time vaccinated? The Toronto Sun also received an email from North York saying, we have also received questions about the passing of our chief of emergency medicine. This man has been through 
many a war daily, weekly uh, in that emergency room, right? You think uh, most notably of the very courageous George Clooney, man who wouldn't be put, put down, put away, and wanted to reach out proactively with a short statement in case you have heard online rumors about this as well. In that statement, North York General Hospital can confirm that the tragic death of Dr. Paul Hammond was not related to COVID-19 or vaccinations of any kind. Now, knowing what I know about doctors and knowing what I know about people who work at the hospital, those doctors work for that hospital and not the other way around. They will go to the ends of the earth to cover up what actually killed them. And moreover, these doctors are basically slaves to that hospital. How do they get them? Well, they incur lots and lots and lots of debt. They have to pay it off. They sign this big sort of contract with that hospital to provide that care, and then they look for ways to go ahead and move up and become head administrators of the hospital. That's ultimately what they're looking for at the end of the day. Now, here's the issue. Those hospitals are supposed to be providing care for the you know, area. How would you like it if they came back and said, well, the vaccinations, if they all came out and said each was, uh, led to the deaths of those, those, those physicians at the hospital? Nobody would get any more uh, vaccinations. Nobody would, would go to those hospitals. And moreover, people would probably start issuing a huge you know, number of lawsuits against that hospital for vaccination injuries, you know, citing unrelated causes, uh, how I'm suddenly in the hospital. Now, this isn't the only story that's like this. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of stories that you're going to see in the Rock of Talk chat release. I'm going to send a uh, uh, Dowd that database uh, link tonight, and it's incredible. I mean, I'm besides myself, beside myself, just thinking about all of these injuries that are happening to healthy people, happy people, physicians, athletes, moms, dads, people who are providers of the household. And what will the corporations and what will the hospitals and what will these people ultimately do? They don't care about those people who are providing all that service for them, or if they were the best people in the community. The only thing that they care about is preserving their narrative of more vaccinations and getting as much as they can for these pharmaceutical companies, because ultimately they pay the bottom line of these deals. Talking with Dr. Summers, as we often do on Saturdays uh, from 1145 until 1 p.m., what ultimately drives all these hospitals, even your public hospitals, even the University of New Mexico, it's the bottom line, folks. That's all they care about. Dowd? Uh, yeah, Eddie, these are some interesting articles coming out of um, the, the GTA, the greater Toronto area. You spoke about those four doctors, uh, and I, I've, I've examined these articles. Uh, four appear to be fairly young men. I don't know if these are current pictures, but uh, in one case, a uh, 49-year-old doctor, who that hits a little close home to me for uh, uh, an interesting reason, because I'm exactly the same age, uh, left behind three ch- children, 16, 14, uh, and 9. And that was... This article ran on July 27th. Two days later, they announced the death of a fifth Toronto area doctor who we do have a specific age on, 27, uh, a woman who collapsed while swimming. And, you know, of course, the the usual suspects will say anecdotes don't prove anything. And they'll say the the standard, you know, the the plural of, of anecdote is not data. That's a common accusation we make against each other in the, in the research world. But behind these anecdotes and we i think we talked about it either earlier this week or last week some of the 
numbers starting to come out, people doing kind of their own independent research. This, this Dutch researcher, uh, a numbers guy comparing the mortality rate in these regions in, in, um, in Holland between higher incidence of vaccine uptake in a region and higher incidence of overall mortality, uh, an association between the more prone you are to your area taking those vaccines, the more prone you are to having a higher mortality rate, which of course you assume the opposite if these injections are saving lives. Uh, and it was, it, it, this is, it isn't just in the Netherlands. There's been some other analysis of this and, and the Brits are doing a, a really good job. The, the real scientists in, in Britain uh, and a great website, the daily skeptic.org is, is riding herd on this, the association between increased overall all, all cause mortality and higher, higher than average rates of taking the injections. We're supposed to see the opposite of that, but some of this initial research is uh, showing a, a very disturbing divergence of what we've been told. This warrants uh, serious attention, serious study. Uh, we know that people in positions of power don't care about this research and are never going to do it. So we're gonna need the outsiders to keep doing what they're doing to look, to look into what's really going on. Not only was she a physician, Dowd, but she was also a triathlete. She was right, a former, right. uh, person, and let's not forget she was 27 years of age. Uh, back to wrap the hour right here in the Kiva with some more of your text, uh, etc. On AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, Thanks, everybody, for joining us broadcasting from CPAC in Dallas, Texas. Crazy, I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy, crazy. For oh boy, folks, the very best, Patsy Cline. So Hard to believe that she is actually younger than Loretta Lynn. And I grew up on uh, Patsy Cline. I'm also playing this because. My grandmother, my nana, would have been 100 years of age today. That's wow. right. I was born back in 1922. Patsy Klein, by the way, in 1999, received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame prior to her death at the age of 30 in a private plane crash. She was at the height of her career. She's considered to be one of the most influential, successful, and acclaimed female vocalists of the 20th century. Some of the more notable, of course, uh, included that very one, as well as uh, although a song that my Nana used to sing to me all the time, Walking After Midnight. Uh, love that song, and it's a good one. So happy birthday to my Nana and my Tata. would be 100 uh, years of age um, this August, the 26th, born in the same month. So uh, without August, I would not be here, uh, folks. And uh, if my Tata didn't come back from the war, part of the 7th Army, uh, launching in Marseille all the way through the Rhineland, uh, Patton 7th Army, uh, I wouldn't be here uh, as well. 550, 500. See, we all have our stories, and I hope that at some point you all decide to share them with other people or with us here in the Kiva. Betty, thank you so much for bringing up the Canadian doctor deaths. The jab.
lab is showing the medical genocide that is starting. Dow, that's the first time I've heard those two words put together. I think that's probably the first time you heard it uh, put together, medical genocide. Well, it's not like uh, people in the healthcare industry haven't used their knowledge and power for evil in the past, right? Uh, we, we've certainly seen examples of that the last century and a half or so. Yeah, he continues, this jab is showing the medical genocide that is starting. First wave was venting and remdesivir. Round two is jab death. Those bastards will do all it takes to reduce the population. Hard to believe that uh, we can say that out loud and, and say, hey, that does sound reasonable, but not only does it sound reasonable, it sounds factual now based upon the stuff that we are reporting. Um, to my knowledge, none of the people who are reporting on this the way that we have done so, uh, I think, are uh, being sued or are dealing with any sort of libel or misinformation. Uh, in fact, uh, we're seeing quite the opposite. We're seeing the first uh, vaccination uh, death uh, awards going out to the families uh, of these people. So that's a real thing. <clears throat> Eddie, Fauci says HIV is a nationwide emergency for the entire population in the 1980s. Fact, it's an STD. It's shameful and it's spread primarily by gay men having gay sex with multiple partners. 2022, monkeypox, same deal. Here we go again. Whew. Eddie, I'm afraid to join Oath Keepers as their leader is an FBI informant. My friend is a former cop and conservative, says we are all considered domestic terrorists now. I'm afraid that, um, according to them, that we are, but uh, you know yourself to be patriots and good citizens, and I think that that's important. Um, you know, we see so many of these people who are looting, who are uh, destroying, stealing, robbing. I mean, what's up is down, what's in is out. I mean, everything is backwards now, and... Uh, you know, you keep your chin up, keep fighting, and um, I do. Um, I certainly expect uh, you to do so as well. Look at the things I fight against. I mean, if I can do it, um, you guys are, uh, so many of you are, are at least, if not more, than the man that I am, and, and uh, you guys uh, keep up the fight, too, so uh, don't ever stop trying. Uh, Eddie, I feel concerned. What do I do? Just vote? Wear MAGA hats? Text you? I voted for you? I'm lost with options. Uh, get up. You know, put your shoes on. I don't know. Put your pants on the same way that you always put them on. There you go. Uh, Eddie, now I'm going to be visited by the IRS and the ATF. I believe that that's coming um, for many of us. How are we going to handle that? How are you going to handle that? Do you know what your rights are? Do you know what you can do? Um, you've got to keep fighting every single day. Um, uh, let's see what else we got here. This, this, this story here about uh, this man's wife, uh, just his wife getting laid off on a $75,000 a year job at, uh, at a, uh, a beauty cosmetics company is, is a bit disheartening doubt. Uh, it, it is. Just, it is. Yeah. We, we, but don't yeah. forget, there's a lot of uh, good vibes from, from this audience headed in that household's <laughs> way. Uh, hey, Eddie, I know that you're out of town, but it looks like the police are going to be shutting down the freeway at Coors and I-40. There's a naked man by the exit by Coors. More reasons I'm not in Albuquerque today. <laughs> it's by the Buffalo Wild Wings. So apparently there's a naked man running around I-40 Coors. Uh, more things to mess up traffic there. Uh, sorry my voice to text messed up uh, your name, Eddie. No problem. Um, thanks for clearing up the uh, audio. No problem. Eddie, look how cool my Betsy Ross flag is. And it's literally right in front of his house. That's cool. Uh, Eddie, 
I absolutely love the ticker tape at the bottom of the chat TV stream. Thank you so much. Uh, we're working hard. Those are all the headlines and uh, we're all right there. I can't see it right now, but I know that it is uh, there. And I think uh, doubt's still up. Uh, there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, very sorry to, uh, for my friend Dan, the electric man. Believe it or not, he lost his sister and his brother in the very same day, within three hours of each other. Can you think of anything more horrific than that? Uh, people are just like, that's just really sad. Eddie, why is the... Uh, Dan, I'm thinking about you. I just want to let you know, even here from Texas. Uh, why is the mayor flying the state flag at the same height as the U.S. flag? Only Texas can fly it at the same height as the U.S. flag, at the big eye. The U.S. flag is on a small standard. I don't know much about the flag etiquette. Uh, when I was freshman class president over at uh, St. Pius X, uh, I think that's when you know I learned all my flag etiquette, including how to fold it. I used to put it up and take it down every single day. It was part of my, my duty, uh, if you will, on behalf of the school. Maybe that's where so much of my you know, patriot pride, the red, white, blue, has come in. But um, Dow, do you know anything out, uh, at all about flying the the state flag at the same height that the U.S. flag? That's a curious uh, question. I think the state usually is uh, subservient to the, the national flag, but of course Texas was its own country. Maybe Texas has some kind of special status. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, Texas uh, should have its own special status. Uh, they are holding up the red, white, and blue for their own flag as well, and 17% of the U.S. economy, not to mention the fourth largest uh, city in the entire country, which is Dallas, Texas. Yes, folks, uh, I know it snuck up on you, but uh, Dallas is indeed uh, that big. Uh, I know that that uh, has your head scratching when I first told you that doubt. It's not something that people oftentimes think about. we got lots to cover during our third hour, a lot of local news. Uh, we'll start uh, by talking about, well, we talked about the IRS, but uh, hey, Michelle Lujan Grisham is uh, handing out those final round of tax rebates. And uh, you'll see those uh, those uh, wrap up this month, uh, probably not during the election time. I want to make sure we just did enough to go ahead and get that done. Um, she's got to be feeling pretty good about the way that the news is covering for her. I mean, Mark Ronchetti has had an uphill battle. It is his election to lose, but Another terrible uh, story came out. They're trying to say that uh, Mark Ronchetti, her latest lie coming out by way of commercials, is that uh, Mark Ronchetti wants to defund the police. Ridiculous. Come on. I mean, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But the fact that uh, any Democrat would believe that is, uh, I think, even more ridiculous than the actual commercial itself. You know, that's exactly how Michelle Lujan Grisham thinks of you guys. I think it should be noted uh, to each of you that uh, she knows that you don't think very much about politics. And because of that, she can float commercials like that and pass them off as true. She knows that she has a low IQ uh, voter support base. She knows that, that we are the worst educated. Most people can't read and they believe whatever a Democrat will tell them. I mean, that's the real problem with the state of New Mexico, Dad. I think I nailed that uh, in a nutshell. That's exactly our problem. Pretty sad when your political career hinges on people's ignorance and addiction to the welfare state, Eddie. But that that uh, that describes a lot of politicians in New Mexico. <laughs> uh, Fabian Gonzalez, we have yet to uh, talk about it, but guilty on all charges. We'll talk about what those charges uh, are. Uh, he'll spend somewhere between 18 to 40 years. Uh, but that is not, uh, uh, it should be stated, uh, justice uh, for Victoria in any way, shape, or, or form. And uh, uh, does this, 
Will this ultimately provide cover and an exoneration for the mother, uh, who, in my opinion, is even more responsible? I mean, Fabian Gonzalez had been out of jail, had been out of prison for the last six years, roaming around, getting a girlfriend. I think he had a he was around. Uh, he had a girlfriend and a child uh, with this. Uh, I mean, these are all things that he did after the murder of uh, Victoria uh, Victoria Martins on her tenth birthday. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about the first application for safe outdoor spaces in a uh, little bit more specific manner. And will there be more? And will Brooke Besson get let off the hook uh, for the city council? Um, I'm curious to see what actually happens. Uh, there and then uh, some other things that we'll address. Uh, what if President Trump were still president? Well, I'm going to see President Trump this weekend over here at uh, CPAC. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to that. I have not been in the same room or the same area with him since October 30th of 2016, and uh, when he showed up at the uh, hangar a week before he was elected. You might remember when he came to visit and TV Channel 4 tried to say that there was only 2,000 people who showed up, and it turned out it was more like 8,000 people, more than he was lying to you. And then he was, of course, here on uh, May the 25th of uh, 2016 uh, when we lit our downtown on fire because uh, supposedly Donald Trump was uh, racist at that time. So lots more to get to. Broadcasting from CPAC here in Dallas. I'm Eddie Aragon with Edad Muska. Hour three, you and me. And we hope that you will stay here for a third hour right here in the Kiva. Crazy for thinking that my love could hold you. I'm crazy for trying. Herb. Yo, I don't think we should talk about oh, this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? Oh, but that's a part of life. years young today and uh we are not talking about sex we're talking about Dow's data dump as much as he likes that as a segue into his data dump uh we are kicking it off with 606 and the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour the 411 being Dow's uh brand new segment called the uh data dump uh, brought to you by Dow Tusca we dig into the numbers and find out what is driving uh the Decision makers out there on the streets, as we all know, we love data-driven decisions, with the exception, of course, Dr. Fauci, uh, when, of course, we follow the science. We don't follow the data. Hour three, and the doubt makes three, 3,000. Doubt, how are you? Uh, I am well, Eddie, and uh, I think people are starting to like this segment, and I'm liking doing it. All right, there we go. It's a, it's a nice handshake, uh, if you will. What's on the uh, board today? What do we got to uh, kick off hour three today? Yeah, we're looking at uh, kind of a mixed bag today, uh, not free fall, but again, given the reality of our economy today, you can't really say that this is a tremendously uh, encouraging report. Uh, logistics, manufacturing, uh, we'll skip over the Walmart uh, notice because Eddie started uh, mentioned that earlier in the show. It looks like Walmart's laying off a couple hundred corporate staff, but we don't have uh, specific numbers on that. Uh, I've got some results from eBay and PayPal to uh, – 
to dot coms. Remember the old dot com days when uh, they didn't pay dividends and uh, they never made a profit. But uh, looks like eBay had a pretty pretty good quarter. Uh, and also, we're going to wind up with uh, wind up with gasoline and electricity. Uh, one good bit of news and one statistic I didn't like to see when the feds released it today. So let's kick off with uh, manufacturing, the Institute for Supply Management, ISM. Uh, they do an index of manufacturing activity. If you're over 50, that indicates growth. If you're under 50, it's uh, heading in the wrong direction. So growth at U.S. manufacturing companies, the weakest in two years in the month of July. So it was at 52.8, so that's still positive, but it's the lowest reading since June 2020, over two years ago, uh, and it was down just a little bit from a 53.0 in the prior month. So, you know, again, we're not uh, descending into Hades yet, but this, you know, you don't want to see it going in that direction. You want to see it uh, increasing. The logistics industry, so this is the uh, Logistic Managers uh, Index, uh, LMI. The growth in the logistics industry has slowed for the fourth straight month uh, back in July. So the cooling trend that began in April has continued. Now, the monthly index is at 60.7, still growth, but down four points from June. And this is a little disturbing, down more than 15 points from its all-time high of 76.2 as recently as March of this year, which was basically yesterday. So uh, still growing, but uh, boy, that growth is dropping more toward stagnation. We don't like to see that number. Uh, I'll skip over the Walmart story. Just a couple of hundred corporate jobs seem to be disappearing. Uh, eBay, I, I will admit, I have a confession to make. Uh, I go on eBay and I buy old magazines and no, there's no market for old magazines. So I can get old copies of Time and Newsweek and US News World Report for you know next to nothing. I do have an eBay old magazine uh, addiction. Uh, their revenue for the quarter came in at 2.4 billion. The estimate was uh, ahead of time was 2.37 billion. They hit their mark and did a little bit better. They're maintaining their quarterly dividend at 22 cents per share. I'm old enough to remember when all the dot-coms didn't pay dividends. So uh, I guess eBay investors are happy about that. PayPal, which apparently, and I, I wasn't up on this at all, has really been struggling lately. Uh, they are reporting better news. Uh, the quarter earnings uh, came in at 93 cents per share, down 19% from a year earlier. But that's actually good news because the quarter over qu quarter revenue rose 10% to 6.8 billion. It looks like they're going to be working with an activist investor firm called Elliott Management and uh, working to cut costs and boost their stock price and and, and all those uh, things that all those guys with MBAs from Harvard work on. I'm um, going to give you the last two stats on energy. One good, one disturbing uh, and actually ties into something we were talking about yesterday. Gas prices, and uh, at the Biden White House, they never tire of saying this, have fallen for seven straight weeks and are approaching that magic price of seven, four dollars a gallon nationally. The average cost of a gallon of regular unleaded uh, sank to $4.16 on Wednesday, the 50th straight day that prices have declined. And of course, it's always a complicated picture for a state like New Mexico that is an oil producing state because on the one hand of course we drivers want to have lower uh, gasoline prices but of course if it drops too low then the industry is impacted which impacts tax revenue and jobs and all that other stuff so um good good 
good news, a little, little more affordable gasoline. But this stat uh, from maybe my favorite government agency, not that I have that many on the list, but the U.S. Energy Information Administration, really sharp statisticians. I've dealt with them over the years directly. They'll actually talk to you because they're uh, so uh, used to being ignored uh, that if you actually email them directly, they will get back to you very, very quickly. And I'm always picking their brain about the hydrogen economy and how uh, we're always told about hydrogen is going to be this wonderful uh, source of energy in America. And I'm, I'm still waiting for any good data on the amount of electricity being generated by by hydrogen. Uh, and don't get me started on the new hydrogen hub project that Michelle Luan Grisham is, is getting us into, uh, the big federal subsidies for that. That's for another day. The Energy Information Administration, federal statisticians, good, good, good 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 stats guys and gals good mathematicians they announced that in the first six months of this uh, year of our lord 2022 the u.s power grid added 15 gigawatts uh of generating capacity uh, that is good since we are on an orgy of shutting down coal plants and nuclear plants which in most cases in my view i don't think should be happening at all and it's just a result of politics and and ideology and people like Melanie Stansberry. Anyway, uh, so additions are good if we've added 15 gigs, uh, and that's about the equivalent of 15, uh, you know, decent-sized uh, nuclear power plants. But here's the problem: the majority of those 15 gigs, uh, I guess it would be about 9.4, come from wind and solar. Corporate welfare, intermittent, unreliable. Uh, often uh, these facilities at the utility scale facilities for wind and solar have to be built in virgin land uh, in environmentally sensitive areas where, of course, you have to build brand new transmission lines. Uh, that, that that project's underway in New Mexico. Uh, a lot of this power is generated in states that is then uh, exported to places like California. Uh, that's another issue environmentalists so-called environmentalists don't want to talk about. So again, 15 gigs coming online in the first uh, half, but... Uh, uh, ha more than more than half of that uh, power sources that uh, are unwise, only 4.3%, that's less than 30% of the power that's come online in the first six months would be natural gas, which is sort of the miracle fuel for energy. Uh, its emissions are minuscule compared to a coal plant. You can ratchet them up and ratchet them down quickly, unlike nuclear and coal plants. Uh, and of course, with the combined cycle uh, a cylinder or a turbine, uh, they're extremely efficient uh, and fracking gas, uh, getting accessing that gas. We have plenty of gas here in New Mexico. It's so vast, our gas resources in America, that we are actually exporting liquefied natural gas. About 15 years ago, all the experts, uh, all the best minds, the cover of Time magazine said, oh, the new crisis in natural gas in America, we're going to have to build all these import terminals, and we're going to have to be buying natural gas from Qatar and Australia, and we're going to be as dependent on, on foreign sources of natural gas as we are on foreign sources of oil. All the best minds, all the smartest people, the Paul Krugmans of the world decided that that was a crisis in America. And then, of course, fracking came along and that crisis completely evaporated. So uh, those are the energy stats, uh, not not a Wall Street stat. But, uh, Eddie, I'm going to take a little, um, you know, just my own little discretion in the third hour and throw in some non-Wall Street stats when the opportunity arises for the daily data dump. 
All right, we'll uh, we'll touch upon that maybe when we return just a little bit of what's to come. And then also just about the fact that there's been a number of tech companies and uh, they're the ones who have been laying it off the uh, people. We'll talk about that when we return. Plus all the local news when we return. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's like that. But anyway, ready or not, here he comes. And like a dumb son of a gun. Oops, he... Hi, Tony. Hi. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, you look great. Thank you. So I'm excited. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. You're so deep in my heart. You're really a part of me. Happy birthday to Tony Bennett, 96 years young today here on AM 600 KIVBQ.FM. How much better is that than Salt Pepper's Let's Talk About Sex? I just I didn't want anybody to think that we were going to leave uh, Salt Pepper out. So what is true? No, people say, oh, what, do you, what do you mean? It's Peppa's birthday. You, you don't want to say happy birthday to her? Like, what's wrong with you, buddy? Are you racist? Like, uh, there we are. We included it. I mean, you heard the lewd, crude attitude. I mean, I was like, my God, is that coming from my, is that coming out of my ears? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But, yep, uh, there it is, folks. A, a classy bunch of gals, but nothing classier than the greatest Tony Bennett. Uh, I shouldn't say the greatest. Uh, I actually have uh, Frank A. Tony is right uh, there, 550, 50, I doubt, I couldn't help but look at these layoffs as you were going through the list of all that. And what's actually notable about Walmart is that it's a brick and mortars company um, and it's a big box company. It was probably the most resilient company during COVID. And um, they're sort of, you know, we used to talk about Sam Walton being the richest person prior to, you know, Bill Gates. You know, it, it certainly had a different feel about it uh, as a company for years upon years. Uh, we always saw Walmart as the behemoth uh, of, of corporization. And then, you know, it turned into sort of the everyday. It's where you went. It's what you shopped for. It's the one place where everybody, you know, went to. And then during COVID, it was the place that we all depended upon because, you know, your small box uh, stores were shut down. And. I think to get to this point, and it's not 200, uh, it's 500, uh, uh, and they're a first reactor. They're going to do it preemptively, which means they'll do it ahead of all the other corporations. I think this is a sign of things to come. So it's just a, you know, sort of getting getting you prepared, folks, uh, uh, type of uh, move when we release this information to you about Walmart. Uh, I think it, it should be uh, pointed out and brought to your attention because by and large, most of the companies that have been doing the layoffs out have been the tech companies. Let me give yep. you a list of the tech companies. And, and they're the first, they're the most sensitive to any sort of you know flows of capital. They're, they're more paycheck to paycheck. They're driven by venture capital. Uh, they're, 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 they're driven by uh, SPOCs, which are, you know, the, the SPOCs are now going away. Uh, Virgin Galactic, I wish they would have gone away a heck of a lot earlier than they were, but that did not happen. Uh, here's the, the companies that are losing uh, employees. SoundCloud has laid off 20% of its workforce. Robinhood, as we mentioned before, 23% of its uh, a, a 
company uh, that's an educational company uh, uh, recognize it, bend onto, I actually recognize it, has laid off more than 100 uh, employees. And I'm just going to primarily focus on those uh, that are connected to the United States. Um, a company called Nihilus uh, here, NYLAS, has laid off 25% of its workforce. And all this is public information. A company uh, named Glossier has laid off 10% of its retail uh, force. Uh, other, And this is all just in the last uh, week. Uh, a company called Imperfect Foods, uh, Shelf Engine, uh, has also laid off a considerable amount of, of its staff. Uh, 33% for uh, a United States company, Career Karma. Uh, Career Karma has uh, laid off 33% of its workforce. Change.org, we of course know Change.org is a website where do-gooders are constantly uh, going all the time. Has laid off 20% of its workforce, uh, Dowd. Vox uh, Media, you know them as Axios in Washington, D.C. Uh, they have uh, laid off uh, 40, 40 employees at, at their place in D.C. A uh, company uh, by the name of Outbrain, a marketing firm, has laid off 30% of its firm. Uh, Dover, also 30%. Uh, another company, a uh, healthcare company. Uh, sector, 20% of its workforce, a company called Eucalyptus. <clears throat> so if you're familiar with any of these names, uh, blockchain has laid off 25% of its workforce. Uh, Lunchbox, a uh, United States company, has laid off 33%. That's in the food sector. Um, let's see, more. Lyft has laid off only 2%, uh, but about 60 employees uh, they have. Uh, Uber had some some numbers. Avis reporting good numbers, but their stock went down uh, today. Uh, TikTok is uh, revamping a few things, uh, but they had a few layoffs, but they're just retooling what they're doing because they're constantly changing. Vimeo, you know them as, as the video company, uh, has uh, laid off 6% of its workforce in uh, New York City. So uh, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see more of these tech companies uh, that are laid off. and and um, as capital dries up and opportunity dries up, you have these startups that have uh, laid off since the beginning of this year, 63,000 employees. Um, you know, that's notable because this is across 455 different startups that have started uh, the layoffs. Uh, since the beginning of COVID, uh, there's been 1,034 uh, startups and uh, the layoffs have been 158,000 uh, total. So if you factor it in, that's a much longer period of time, uh, two years versus the previous, what, seven months that we're looking at. And uh, the previous seven months have almost caught up to the prior two years of COVID. So that's also, I think, indicative of, of, of some things to come as, um, you know, these uh, startups are trying to get going. Um, they're not fighting the capital uh, or uh, as people are finding more practical ways to spend their money, they're going for that. 550, 500. So I thought I would look uh, more into that. Dowd, uh, you were alluding to the fact that you'd be looking at some, some different uh, pieces of data. Yes, sir. I'm sure, I think, I think I lost uh, Dowd. I've got you. Well, yeah. Um, just, you know, okay. throwing in a couple of. Uh, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, energy data to add to just the sort of day-to-day -day -day stuff to kind of give a broader perspective and not limit it just to you know, like the headlines from the Wall Street Journal. 
Okay. So we're just going to be, uh, I guess, peppering that in as we, uh, you know, sort of refine uh, those things. All right. So there we go. I was uh, want to make sure that we wanted to uh, understand. Uh, Eddie? <clears throat> I believe that Michelle Lujan Grisham will remain in power for more four more years uh, of this uh, Democrat state. So, you know, uh, let's not get too negative. Uh, I think we need to focus on uh, the fact that Mark Ronchetti has more than a fighting chance uh, at this. Um, New Mexico AG calls on city councilors after increased Albuquerque bus crime. Um, not sure what the attorney general is uh, calling in on the city councilors, um, but. Uh, I think this has to do with the increasing level of crime overall in the city. Um, the brazenness. We're now at 86 murders. Hector Balderas getting in because we know that, uh, you know, two-term Timmy is uh, soon to become three-term Timmy if this uh, keeps up. Uh, he states, organized retail crime, Hector Balderas says, is now spilling into our public bus systems. Oh, so now he's worried. And it's now spilling into some of our local rural neighborhoods. Surveillance video from an Albuquerque City bus shows a group of people boarding at a stop along course. Each person boarding, this from KRQE. The bus can be seen loaded up with suitcases and bags of merchandise, and one man even holding what looks like a kitchen aid mixer. Yep, there you go. I'm not sure if any of you caught this. Uh, I think that I, I don't know if I sent this to you, but yesterday KRQE had a report of a man being chased down and literally hunted. Uh, he's a single father of an 11-year-old, and uh, I, I believe that he also uh, takes care as a caretaker for his mother. And uh, there was a white Dodge truck. You've got to go and see this video. It's startling. And the man was being uh, hunted and chased down as he was getting shot out off on his morning walk in broad daylight. Did you happen wow. to catch this down? No, Eddie. This is news to me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so um, so there you go. More crime on the city buses, more of the uh, criminals becoming even more brazen, and while well, people are out for their morning walk, and I believe that this was at Jerry Klein Park, if I'm not mistaken, which is uh, near Uptown, sort of in the Uptown area, which is a pretty decent area. Uh, hmm. you, you saw the ring video of uh, a man, you know, getting uh, directly shot at, and I, of course, played the uh, audio from the video on Monday from uh, the latest uh, gathering uh, that resulted in the death of at least one and four wounded that took place at the parking lot of a Lutheran church on the west side. That was on a Trisco, no, on a Trisco, not a Stancia. So it's more of the news uh, covering up for the uh, bad, bad elements uh, here in our community. Now, one guy who did get uh convicted was uh, Fabian uh, Gonzalez. Now, I think we can all, you know, be somewhat, you know, satisfied that that, that that's happened, but it will never be fully made whole and we'll never get uh, Victoria Martins back, uh, obviously. But uh, a couple of days ago, Fabian Gonzalez was found guilty on all charges. Uh, and I think it was uh, pretty easy, despite the fact that he was, what, not in the courtroom. I think they brought him in for the uh, the reading of that, and that was it because he had COVID the entire time. His uh, counts are one count of first-degree reckless child abuse resulting in death, seven counts of third-degree felony tampering with evidence, one count of fourth-degree felony conspiracy to tamper with evidence, uh, evidence and uh, it's stated that he will somehow receive somewhere between 18 to 40 years. So uh, he faces a maximum 
uh, 40 and a half years in prison. And the sentencing uh, will begin uh, for him, I believe, in a couple of months uh, in the fall. So there you go. All right, we'll take a quick break. Bring it back here. Uh, last few segments here of Hour 3. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Happy birthday to Tony like under my John Graham, he's the one who's playing the chords there on Do You Remember September. He uh, born on this day in 1951. Where did Fire have the 1975 number one single, Shining Star? Also, Let's Groove and also received an additional 20 Grammy nominations over the first African-American act to sell out Madison Square Garden. See, history, you're not supposed to know. John Graham, happy birthday to him. Dow's got a write-up that you can find directly at rockoftalk.chat. For those of you who have already read it, uh, you are subscribers, and for that, we thank you. But Dow uh, has got all the latest uh, coming from rockoftalk.chat. What you write about today, Dow? Well, uh, I wrote about something that I imagine some people might think I would support. Tax relief. <clears throat> uh, we all need tax relief. We all deserve tax relief because, of course, only people who work for a living, really pay taxes at the end of the day. Uh, we are makers, not takers. Uh, but in this case, it's a trick. It's a tax trick. It's a gimmick. It's a GRT gimmick. And we experience it every year uh, in the first uh, weekend of, of August. And we've been experiencing it for, uh, oh gosh, 17 years now. This goes all the way back to the Bill Richardson administration. Uh, you might remember, I don't know, longtime residents here, um, Bill Richardson was this kind of um, carpetbagging grifter uh, who showed up in, in New Mexico, what, late 70s, early 80s, uh, to kind of leverage uh, his Rolodex to get a political gig and then sort of worm his way into the foreign policy establishment. Uh, he ended up getting uh, all sorts of work for the Bill Clinton administration uh, after he was a congressman, a, a, a federal congressman. Uh, then somehow, I, I wasn't here at the time, so you can't blame me, uh, ended up being governor for, for two full terms, uh, Bill Richardson, and has some, you know, sleazy connections to some dark people. We, we don't want to go into that. But in 2005, the governor signed a, uh, a bill that uh, initiated a, a, a brief little couple of day tax break every year on uh, New Mexico's version of the sales tax, which is called, of course, the gross receipts tax. Now, this whole tax holiday stuff began in the 1990s. And if memory serves, it began and it might have began in um, in the city of New York, uh, and certainly the state of New York, it, it sort of grew out of the Northeast with very, very high sales taxes. Uh, and this was a, a way to sort of boost uh, the economies of states and cities that uh, traditionally had very, very high sales taxes to award a little, just, you know, bestow a, a little bit of a break. So back in 2005, and I can't get the vote count on this breakdown Republican and Democrat, it was fairly close. And then we'll get we'll get to the other tax break, the small business Saturday tax break around Thanksgiving and the politics of that, which, Eddie, are very, very interesting because I do have the vote counts on that one because it was more more recently. But sticking with this back to school 
break. Uh, this was designed to help, I guess the cynic in me thinks it's just all about the teacher unions because this uh, is a blanket exemption from certain items. And it doesn't matter if you're a parent, or if you're a student, if you're a teacher, you just get the break. Uh, and of course it's determined through the political process what items are uh, count for the exemption and which ones don't. For example, uh, the national organization, the Tax Foundation in DC, they made New Mexico, they singled out New Mexico for a particular criticism in their recent analysis of tax holidays and why tax holidays are very, very bad policy. Politicians single out specific populations or industries and bestow targeted tax breaks on them. Such discrimination among products distorts consumer spending and reduces market efficiency by favoring certain products over others. Okay, hard hard example. What are we, what are we talking about here? In New Mexico, as, as this study, national study uh, mentions, the sales tax holiday in New Mexico, uh, computer microphones are exempt, but computer headsets are not uh, exempt. Uh, blank painting canvases are exempt, but not dry erase boards. Backpacks are exempt, but not duffel bags. Uh, many states exempt backpacks during their back to school sales tax holidays, even though students may prefer to purchase comparably priced messenger style bags or duffel bags, which accomplish, this, accomplish the same functional goal, but are not tax exempt. The holiday raises the price of these items relative to backpacks. So students are influenced to purchase the backpacks. Though they save a little money on the purchase, they end up with less suitable products because they may uh, not have purchased, they may not have purchased in the absence of that particular tax holiday. Um, fundamentally, what, what I, I guess from my, my crazy libertarian perspective, my thought when it comes to the politicians who uh, award us uh, little perks here and there if we do what we're told, who the hell are you to be telling me what to buy and when to buy it? Uh, it that, that is probably the core for me, but there's a lot of practical reasons to be against this uh, in, addition, uh, in addition to that. Uh, I, I followed this for 20 years. A lot of retailers uh, are, aren't, and they're even willing to talk publicly about what a hassle this is, problematic, the technical hassles and the, the compliance of this and trying to figure out well, which which qualify for the exemption and, and which don't. Uh, again, this is not, you know, I'm not picking on New Mexico. These tax holidays have spread uh, like a disease uh, from, from really coast to coast. Uh, the lefties, they have a number of very interesting criticisms of this, of course, coming, coming from their perspective on maximizing tax revenue because they want to spend more of your tax revenue. But on the on the uh, helping our residents argument, this is the first time I, I've heard this. The Institute on uh, Taxation and Economic Policy, left left wing shop, says that, uh, and they're, and they're right to note this that if you're in if you just cross the border in from another state or you're a tourist who happens to be in town during that tax holiday, you benefit from it, even though politicians say this is about our residents and our our taxpayers. So the list of criticism. Uh, it goes on and and on and on uh, as well uh, it should. The other thing, <clears throat> the other thing about this is it builds a constituency uh, and and kind of corrupts uh, good good policy making because the industries and the retailers who benefit from this or the groups who benefit from getting this tax break, uh, they get very politically active and they remind their uh, elected officials that these particular perks benefit them. I'm gonna take you into our next tax holiday in New Mexico. Uh, as far as I know, no state has done this yet. We remain the only state that has a tax holiday 
for Small Business Saturday. Now, that's something American Express began to promote a number of years ago, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, when, you know, people tend to more and more in America, we take that whole week off now. I, I'm I'm old enough to remember when you'd even work right up even to the Wednesday or go to school right up to the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But, you know, we're becoming more like France every day in America. So Small Business Saturday it was a way for American Express to, uh, you know, get, garner some goodwill and push this notion of you should be out supporting local and small businesses on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Well, some Democrats and Republicans in New Mexico decided, well, that should be an additional tax holiday here in New Mexico, um, where I, I believe we're, we're still the only state, the only state, the only state that has done that, exempting small business Saturday. And Eddie, the politics of this are very interesting. I'm going to bash the Republicans like I always do, but I'm also going to mention some Democrats on this. So I went back in 2018, looked at the legislative records to look at the creation of the small business Saturday tax exemption, of course, coming 13 years after the creation of the back to school tax holiday, it was kind of an interesting dynamic. There were Republicans for it, Democrats for it, Republicans against it, Democrats against it. It was only initiated for two years. I guess it would be the 2018 and 2019 Thanksgiving seasons, and it had to be renewed moving forward. There were a fair number of flip-floppers, Eddie. Uh, there were a number of elected officials who were in office in 2018, who were also in office in 2020. So we have an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. We're comparing the same elected officials, how they voted when this tax was uh, tax break was initiated versus uh, when the tax break was uh, renewed for an additional five years or something like this. So these were flip-floppers, number of them Republicans, Cliff Pirtle in the Senate, Sandra Rue, Pat Woods. Uh, they voted against it in 2018, but of course, a couple rounds of this built a constituency for this tax break. So Cliff Pirtle and Sandra Rue and Pat Woods voted for the Small Business Saturday tax exemption two years later uh, to, to continue it. Very interesting. Also, some I Democrats. Guess, I guess certain people, I guess the, the, the thing holds true for many Republicans. Republicans can be bought. They like money. Uh, indeed, uh, but I will be fair. There are some Democrats in the Senate, uh, Senator Ortiz Pino, Senator Sewells. Of course, remember, he ratted out the gun store in Las Cruces for violating the public health orders, one of the scummiest oh, yeah. peoples in the roundhouse. Uh, Bill Tallman, a, a blithering idiot, uh, they flip-flopped on this. whole bunch of Republicans in the House flip-flopped on this. Alonzo Baldonado, uh, Representatives Azell Crowder, uh, my new representative, uh, Powdrell Culbert, Larry Scott, uh, Mr. Strickler up there in Farmington. Uh, Townsend, the leader in the Republican leader in the House, they all flip flop on this in all probability because a constituency had been built for this particular perk that had been carved out. And again, you don't want to play around with taxes. The ideal tax is a low rate with a very, very wide, wide base. You don't use the tax code to sign off on uh, purchases you approve or activities you approve, the political class approves, and then to penalize things you don't like by adding additional assessments and levies onto that. This is really politics at its worst, Eddie. And I know it's rare for to hear someone on the right, a, a, a right libertarian, criticizing a tax break, but this isn't a tax break really in any meaningful sense of 
the, of the word. And I think that folks at the Tax Foundation are very wise to say this really distracts from what we need, which is fundamental tax reform. We have a, an atrocious gross receipts tax problem of complexity and compliance. And uh, it's not your business, you uh, elected official, you legislator, to say, oh, we're going to help you out over here, but we'll penalize you over here, and then we'll help you out later in the year over here. Um, it's really a very, very tawdry process, uh, and we should reject this kind of gamesmanship, Eddie. Uh, I don't support it, and I don't think our listeners should either. Back to wrap the hour. I'll give you my thoughts on that when we return. Thanks for another great uh, great ride at rockandpop.com. I think the, uh, I'll go back to the Tax Foundation from a great quote uh, that I used back when I was attacking the Small Business Saturday tax holiday. There is little economic justification for why a product purchased during one time period should be tax exempt, while the same product purchased in another time period should be taxable. And of course, uh, little justification unless you're a professional politician and you have some advantage and you can trot it out at election time, saying, you know, look, 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 look what I've what I've done for you. And you know, the other element here is if it 
the old fight and uh, the great Maharishi, and I think a lot of conservatives have been good on this for 30 or 40 years, the, when the liberals talk about, oh, uh, if we cut taxes, what are we costing the government? Um, if you run a tax holiday and uh, you have less tax revenue brought in because you have a lot of purchases being made that aren't taxable, uh, differences between a done a credit and a exempt I, I, we, my god we're not going to get into that today um but if you're not going to cut spending by the commensurate rate uh again you're just going to have to make up that tax loss tax revenue somewhere else uh you know by a federal grant or something else or raising fees you know some, some or, or tax rate down down the road one of the things i do every six months is track the way in which the gross receipts tax is hiked at the local level because counties can hike it and municipalities can hike it too so again it's a lot of flim flam it's a it's a it's you know, a wise man would call it okie doke, Eddie. It's just a bunch of okie doke, and uh, don't don't fall for it, folks. <laughs> That's still my favorite set. That's still my favorite rap I think I've ever heard. Uh, is the uh, okie doke rap? Some things going on uh, here in the uh, in 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 the news, I should say. I guess we have ratified both Finland and Sweden into NATO. So. As soon as those two decide to start another fight with the uh, uh, Russia, I guess we'll jump in on the side of them. Uh, remember, Ukraine never formally admitted into uh, NATO, but we're doing what we can uh, for them. Um, the inflation reduction bill, we're going to get more into that, I think, as uh, time goes on, because uh, the inflation reduction has to do with the, it should be called the tax collection bill, because that's exactly what 25 uh, percent of it is, and uh, let's not miss out uh, on that. Um, we'll get some final numbers uh, on the Arizona election probably here in the next couple of days. Hopefully, they'll tidy that up very quickly so uh, Carrie Lake can go ahead and uh, face off against the Democrat in that state. Uh, if we lose Arizona and it goes to the Democrats in November, boy, and remember, with, uh, Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, they all broke for um, Biden. Uh, if we were to trust the votes, uh, they all broke for Biden in the 2020 election. If that actually goes in the gubernatorial race uh, for the Democrats, I'm afraid that Arizona will be lost for a generation, if not longer. Um, there's been a multitude of people, both um, from below the border and from the other side of the western border, which, of course, is California, uh, that have been taking things over. And, and Dowd, I want to turn your attention to you know just how rampant and crazy crime is. It's not getting reported because I think even the news and the reporters have left California at this point. There's a video that was on Fox News. Elderly California store owner fires at armed robbery suspects who shouts, he shot my arm off. Uh, it's a report that you need to watch. I was wondering, Dow, did you ever find, were you ever able to substantiate that uh, officer being shot in the face uh, and ultimately killed in that liquor store? Were you ever able to turn anything up on that? Still, still looking, Eddie, and and I, I I know that we live in a truly perverted time when when the media doesn't do it their their job. But when a law enforcement officer is killed, the entire law enforcement community. I mean, you have funerals with hundreds, if not thousands, of of, of from the whole region, from throughout the state, from farther beyond uh, coming to the funeral. I mean, this would be a massive, mm -hmm. massive news story. Um, the only thing I think it maybe another country uh, uh i'm, I'm going to start looking in other countries but uh it is such a graphic and realistic video i'm inclined to believe it but on the other hand i can't cite it that's the problem 
Yeah, that is a problem, and uh, we certainly hope to substantiate it. I've had other people looking uh, as well, but it is very uh, difficult uh, to find. Uh, we're going to get a final count on Trump's endorsement, and uh, we'll talk more tomorrow about the power of Donald Trump and his endorsement, uh, whether or not it is truly magic or if it's uh, hurting people uh, uh, who are running for office, office uh, according to some of the uh, numbers, 132 candidates backed by Trump running for seats in the U.S. House. 95 have won their primaries. So uh, I'd say that that's a pretty honest clip, Dowd, uh, going in. So we'll delve into some more of those uh, numbers uh, as well. Um, we'll see what else we have here, some things that we didn't uh, uh, wrap up uh, from the show. Uh, well, we'll get into Pelosi. We'll see what happens as she leaves Taiwan um, I think as we speak, she's leaving Taiwan, and then we'll see what's happening with China, if they're going to increase their targeted military actions and drills uh, going forward to to scare the bejesus uh, out of uh, Taiwan. We'll have to see that. And then uh, there's been, you know, silence when it comes to Joe Biden's health. And let's not forget, uh, maybe it's not Joe Biden who's running the country. It's going to be your birthday for tomorrow. It should be a national holiday since there's no holidays uh, right now. Barack Obama <laughs> not, not in birthday, August. <laughs> uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, August the 4th uh, tomorrow is uh, Barack Obama's birthday. Uh, we won't be celebrating it, but uh, I know that many people will want you. And we'll also touch upon those safe outdoor spaces and get a, a bigger um, uh, sort of hug on that, uh, if you will, wrap our arms around that issue. And, and finally, as I indicated before, the tax rebates, the final checks, have been the final stimmy checks that have been sent out. And uh, so you should have them in your hot little hands to take advantage of that and the tax holiday. And no doubt that Michelle Lujan Grisham, acting as Santa Claus, uh, will claim uh, victory on top of all that. And uh, thanks for all your participation on the Rock of Talk chat. We have got an unbelievable amount of participation doubt. I'm really, I'm really happy to see the level of participation by the people who are subscribers. Uh, it's great. Last couple of weeks have been great. Five. Yeah, uh, top yeah, five really folks at the uh, rockoftalk.chat, the Daily Blast, uh, our subscribers' picks, not my picks, our subscribers' picks for what was most interesting. Uh, number one, Santa Fe has a new junk vehicle ordinance, and you can be fined up to $9,000 for noncompliance. That was our most click link. Uh, very interesting. Number two, the American Conservative, Pat Buchanan's magazine, a very interesting essay about the role of atheism and Christianity in terms of how it affects our public life. Uh, I did not agree with this article, but I put it out there anyway because I thought it was very provocative and, and interesting. Uh, number three, Ben Ray, Benny Boy, Ben Ray Lujan, the dumbest man in the U.S. Senate, wants to protect doctors from Republicans and anti-abortion attacks. Uh, always keep your uh, watch on the enemy, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why I, I always look at our our four of our five congressional delegation members. Uh, number four most clicked. The governor announces millions of dollars for a Sandoval County public safety complex. Why would she do that less than 100 days before an election in which she wants to do well in Sandoval County? Uh, and then number five, Lord Moncton. Lord Moncton weighing in from the United Kingdom on the pause. Global warming has been on pause for seven years and 11 months. Uh, you have to read about it from people who are actual scientists and actual statisticians because you're never going to hear about it from Martin Heinrich. You know, Dowd, uh, that's an interesting question that you posed about Michelle Lujan Grisham. And uh, I think it's because she does not expect to carry Sandoval County. Uh, we do know her to be a very punitive politician. Yep. Uh, yep. She will uh, absolutely punish those people who do not support her. Uh, she is ruthless. Uh, she is calculated. And, uh, folks, you know, that is what.
is all about. As much as you may hate it, as much as you may dislike it, as much as you may not on board with it, there's one thing that that woman is, and that is very effective. She's able to strike fear into her opponents, and she's able to get the people who would support her and her policies to follow her. Uh, her most recent photo op has uh, M. Tucci's uh, uh, owners and all her other supporters out there. We'll see you bright and early, 4 p.m. tomorrow. Thank you for joining us.